Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I am your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Today, we are taking a journey through Angerland. Angerland, which is just next to Disneyland? North of Disneyland. <laughs> it's where all the parents stand while the kids are going on the rides. <laughs> Angerland. <laughs> no, that's that's the line. What is that? that oh, that's oh, that's, that's, that's the parents a, in the line yeah. for the cafeteria. Yeah, that's the cat. Yeah, when you're paying for the cafeteria, exactly. That's Angerland, uh, uh, indentured servant land. Ooh, debt land. That's what. That's, that's what my kids are in. That's like a month after when you get the bill for going to Disneyland. Hey, welcome to the program, folks. Today we got a show for you. Now this isn't for you because I know you don't have this problem, but a lot of people do. Everybody else does. Though, Everybody right? else but you. Like, just look around at all the cars that are driving by you right now. I'll bet you half of them have this problem. I'll bet you three quarters of the problem, people out there have a problem with anger. I not, do. Not a problem, but it appears. It rears its ugly little head. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it happens at the worst times. It happens when your in-laws walk in. Bad timing. It happens when your children spill their fourth cup of milk on the, on the ground. It's frust- that's frustration. Yeah. Anger. Do you ever get angry? No, I can't yeah. imagine James being angry. James, have you ever gotten angry? Uh maybe once. Did you get did you get angry when we made fun of the knives? No, I, I felt I felt it more validated when, when my girlfriend told me how much she liked them. I was like, Look, yeah. against all this opposition, I still got you knives. <laughs> what and- happened to your voice right there? Just, he was emulating you. Is that, <laughs> is that what I sound like? That's ridiculous. That's what I understand. Yeah. Hey, um, when you, I, I bet. No, no, people don't know the story, but uh, James, for a, a birthday present, bought his girlfriend of five, six, seven months, something like that. Let's just say four <laughs> months. Uh, he bought her some knives. Okay, um, and just so you know, she's she doesn't work in the circus and she doesn't throw knives. Jeez. <laughs> just get that clear. He bought her these knives and then we, we didn't make fun of it. We just thought it was wow, I've never heard of someone I've never thought of giving knives. You as a guys gift. were taken aback by the romantic nature of giving someone knives. I would never think of knives as being romantic. No. Well, you know. It was the sentiment of yeah. giving them. I mean, if you were if you gave them like during hunting season, I would have no problem if my wife gave me knives though, because I love to cook and and I guess your girlfriend likes to cook yes. as well. So I have no they, problem. He, he did it because they like to cook together. Mm-hmm. Yes, they like to cook together. And they, he bought him knife. He bought her knives, and we laughed about it. And then we shouldn't have. And I think it made him mad. Did she email you? No, but her mother did. Oh, I see. And she's mad. <laughs> no, no, nobody emailed. But it, I, we thought it was really cute. It was cute. It was. It was adorable. It was adorable. But as long as that didn't make you angry, that's great. It was a close call. I, I had a choice to make, and I chose not to be angry. So what makes you angry? Because I, you know, we all get angry. We just get angry. And it just happens at the weirdest time, you know? Mm-hmm. Like when you're waiting in line, you get angry. Yeah. I waited for tires for two and a half hours. I'm sorry. Yeah. At a very reputable organization. Mm-hmm. Waited. I mean, how hard is it? And then, oh, and, and a little, they were supposed to do a little oil change. Okay. They couldn't get my car started. I got a little angry. 
Wow. I went off. No, I didn't. That's tough. I That's don't go really off. Tough. But so today we're going to talk about mindful anger. We've got a great guest today, Dr. Andrea Brandt, who has written a book on mindful anger, how to get control of your anger, how, how, how to understand it, how to make sure that, uh, you know, you manage your emotions. So we'll get to that. Also, uh, Dr. Paul is going to be with us a little bit later. Let's see. Well, you know what? Let's just for fun. Let's just see if we can make him mad. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Well, we might make some people mad because we're actually ending the show early today. I know. And for a football game. Yeah. Which is great until, you know, something goes wrong and then you get angry in the game. Right. Speaking of which, when Taysom Hill broke his leg. Yeah, that's uh, bad. That makes me angry. Yeah. Blech. I wasn't angry. I was disappointed. I think he did it on purpose. <laughs> he wanted, too soon, Matt. Too soon. Too soon. Is, it, is that Way too, too soon. soon? Yeah. It's funny because everyone's still mourning. But, you know, what's amazing is – the whole time, what was this, a year ago, I'm thinking he's just too mobile, uh, mobile of a quarterback. He's going to get hurt. He's going to get hurt. The well, guy's going to get hurt. The funny thing was, two years earlier in, against the same team, he got hurt on the same leg. I know. It was a different injury. It was a knee. It wasn't a broken leg. Yeah. But yeah. It's sad. Um, but don't get angry. Just get even. <laughs> There's good advice. Put that on your bumper sticker. <laughs> hey, let's get to some headlines really fast. Headliners from the Matt Townsend Show, a summary of stories that you might have missed. Got a story here from the Telegraph Herald online. Hmm. THonline.com is their website. They're from Dubuque. Yeah. Uh, But talking about emotional intelligence and your job. Yes, let's talk about that. Okay. Okay. What happens? What happens when your computer locks up in the middle of this important project that you have your man your manager has you doing? And you've got to make some changes that you got to implement by the end of the day. You freak out. Uh, yeah. We call shock. Yeah. Shock. Well, is that something you do? Do you call? Yeah, you call. Do you call your IT folks and say, "Got to, I got to get this done now." Yeah. You hope. Do you, you throw your computer you across the wall? You got to back up. Yeah. Oh yeah. My wife always calls me just in the middle of the day randomly. Have you backed up? Mm-hmm. I don't even know what she means. <laughs> but I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, have you backed it's up? It's more like, computer? are you backed up? <laughs> yeah, it feels like that. But she's always, have you backed it up? Have you backed it up? She always makes sure that I'm backing yes. it up. That mm-hmm. way I don't get angry. So listeners, back it up. Mm-hmm. Back it up. Do you have the, meep, meep, We really should. As you back up? But if that... I'm freaking out and I've lost this document where it's not working, I'm going to get help. Yeah. Yeah. Now, according to Nicole Soar, who wrote the article here, she says approximately 90% of high-performing employees have high emotional intelligence. Yeah. Employers want people who can work well and handle emotion in the job area. But she also answers the question, what is emotional intelligence? I know. What is it? I just wrote a document on it. Okay. It's the ability to recognize uh, the emotion in others mm-hmm. to um, and recognize the emotion in yourself and right. to manage your own emotions and, lo- and lower and help to lower other people's emotions. Okay. So is there a way to increase your emotional intelligence if you have a problem like this at yes, work? Yes. It is a learnable skill set, tool set. Yeah. According to Nicole, you what need to you identify say? your hot buttons. Yes. And take a moment to pause by maybe – Sipping a beverage. Well, depending on the beverage. Because if you're at work, certain beverages yes. oh, that's should true. not be yes. sipped, <laughs> even if you are angry. Right. Maybe Good. count to 10 mentally. Yes. I, actually, I teach no because I can count to 10 in my reactive brain. Mm, true. So you should count backwards from a million by 17. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you also want to show empathy for others. Yep. Ask how things are going and be interested in the answer. You got to really care. Right. Yeah. 
Uh, be curious, not furious. Oh, that's cool. I like that line, um, especially with people who are not like you. And then set aside some time in your day to solve problems so you can think through issues and not just react to yes. them. Yeah. And let's mm-hmm. not – let's just do this too. Some people, for example, are already hot-headed. Yes. Like James. Mm-hmm. And then they might watch like their favorite political show or listen to their favorite political show on the radio okay. and they end up getting more angry yeah. about people and politics and jerks. And then they'll go uh, to work and they're already amped up and then somebody at work bugs them and then they call their wife and they talk and they're mad and then they go out to lunch and they listen to more political talk or whatever and it just keeps festering and it makes them less mm-hmm. and less capable of handling their anger. That's why I stopped listening to well, shows, political radio. That's why you started listening to The Matt Townsend Show. Well, I actually produced The Matt Townsend Show, so I'm that, always okay, listening to The Matt Townsend Show. That's why you listen to it. You didn't listen to it before we made you the Okay. Anyway, that's rude. <laughs> that's rude. But whatever. I was usually already home from work because I was doing the morning show. I know. So, I, so see how we got you alive? I was actually, you know, regulating my emotions at home with my kids. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. But now you, <laughs> you have You know how that goes. Yeah, now you have less fights, <laughs> less arguments. True. Yeah. It's cool. Uh really quick though, um Nicole in the article put in Yale University Center for Emotional Intelligence has a thing called the ruler approach for building social and emotional skills. Mm. Really quickly, recognize how you feel and how other people feel. Yep. Understand what caused your feelings and other people's feelings. Label the emotion that you are feeling. Okay. Then express the emotions. How did you and the other person express your emotions? Yeah. And then regulate the emotion. See, that's better. Yeah. That's good. That's better than the one I learned as a kid, which was called the meter stick approach, mm-hmm. which is the meter stick coming at you. They just yeah. When we yeah. when I would lose my mm-hmm. temper in school, they would yes. call me into the principal's office and give me the meter stick. They'd have me turn around and whack. Yeah, it's a lot like James's passion whip. It is. Does Without, that bring back bad memories, Matt? It does. Every time you play that, I cringe. Ouch. We are going to take a break, folks. Today we're talking about mindful anger. We are going to get control of our anger and better understand our own emotions. Stick with us, folks. We'll be right back getting in deep on this subject right here on The Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, according to Kelly Clarkson, what doesn't kill you, it kills you, it makes you stronger, right? If it's not going to kill you, if it's not going to take your life, it'll just make you stronger. However, it will also make you mad. You will be ticked. Some people on the road to stronger just get mad. And when they get mad, they do as James does. They get even. Well, Kelly Clarkson does aerobics, it looks like, in the video, so. Yes, she does. It's a good thing to do if you're angry, aerobics. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, probably one way to get rid of the the anger, yeah. the, the passion. Don't, don't count to ten. Do aerobics. <laughs> do a little aerobics. Get your leg warmers on and hit the gym. We are talking on the phone now. We're bringing in the great expert. Uh, Dr. Andrea Brandt is joining us, and she's a Ph.D., master's in, um, uh, in family therapy, 
and has over 30 years of clinical experience as a psychotherapist, a speaker, an author. She also has written the book, Mindful Anger, A Pathway to Emotional Freedom, where she explores methods to better understand and manage the powerful emotion of anger. We need her help desperately. Andrea, welcome to The Matt Townsend Show. Welcome. It's good to talk to you, Matt. It's great I'd love to, to talk help. to you. Well, we need your help. I mean, anger, it's, it, it's funny. It's, it's a universal concept, right? Everyone is, is, does everyone get angry? I think everyone has anger, whether they acknowledge it or not. Yeah. Uh, it's impossible. This world throws up too many blockades in our lives. Uh, for us to not be angry. Yeah. And is it, I, I, I always hear this all the time, and I'd love you to explain it to me. Anger, I hear people say, is not a primary emotion. Do you know, do you know what people mean by that? Well, what they're saying is a lot of times people use anger to uh, keep more uh, deeper feelings at bay. In other words, they'll come at you with their anger so you won't see their shame because the anger will push you so far away you won't get close enough. Oh, there you go. Yeah. It's kind of like the anger, if you use the metaphor of uh, snorkeling and scuba diving, snorkeling can be the anger and scuba diving. The snorkeling is covering up, you know, the people are afraid to go scuba diving and look at the sadness and the despair, so they get angry. But sometimes if there's an affair involved in a breakup, let's say, anger becomes very primary. (laughs) Right, it does. It becomes your your primary modus operandi. It's it's the motivator. Yeah, exactly. I guess so it's it a protection, be right? Secondary and primary. Yeah. Okay. But we're trying to really protect ourselves from getting or being hurt on the deeper level. Yes. Or feeling even those deeper emotions. People are afraid of their emotions. Hmm. They're afraid of the sadness. They're afraid of what they'll find if they go down there, and yet. That's the pathway to emotional freedom, which is self-knowledge. Yeah. I mean, it seems like in a divorce example like you're talking about or when Mm -hmm. when someone had an affair, it seems like I guess I could be angry for the rest of my life (laughs) or I could (laughs) go deeper into and and just try to understand my emotions, understand my pain, process it and maybe be done with it sooner. Absolutely. Do, Do can you does anger go away? If I just don't deal with it? Uh, it's rarely out of sight, is rarely out of mind. Hmm. Um, anger that is denied or ignored will pop up um, in find expression through illness or poor judgment or passive aggressive behavior violence, sometimes even suicide. Oh. I mean, it so, really, and it's everywhere, isn't it? I mean, it can, so this is something we got to deal with. We always say, you know, if you don't deal with it, it's going to come out in uglier ways. But I guess no matter what to worry about, it's coming out one way or another. It's coming out. When we repress it, it gets buried, but it gets buried alive. Mm. Yeah, that's never good, is it? <laughs> That's just a pretty ugly metaphor, but it does. And and the funny thing is, is is it comes out in anger, which is seemingly it's like less controlled. 
you, you could bring it out. Like I, I think of you doing therapy or working with some right. one of your clients, and I, I can see how you might be able to slowly bring that emotion out in a very you know methodical way at times versus just like a fire hose that's just flopping everywhere that could kill someone. Exactly. You know, you want someone to be able to express their anger. And, you know, really, Matt, anger isn't the problem. Yeah. It's what we do with the anger that's the problem. So when people talk about anger management, you're not managing the anger. What you're trying to manage as a therapist, what I'm trying to do is help people become aware of the impulse that precedes the anger. Mm. Because if you're not aware and mindful of that impulse, it's going to just explode, as you said a Mm. moment ago, and you're going to have debris all around you and make a mess of your relationships, at work, at home, wherever. Right. Impulse management. really the impulse. You know, you're going to get triggered. We all get triggered by something. And then you need to slow it down. You need to slow your life down. And if you can do that, that's the subtle thing, huh? Because once once you're triggered and the impulse kind of has triggered and fired, then you're yeah. you're chemically bathed with all of this chemistry that is, I call it being hijacked. Then, then literally you your chemistry hijacked. takes over. Yes. And th- then it's harder word. to get clarity, right? Because your brain's all chemicaled up. Yes. You're high. You can't get clarity. Right. You're just short-circuiting all over the place. Yeah. No, what's interesting is it seems like that's kind of a bad moment to try to fix it because you're, yeah. already, you're already messed up. So but is it possible then to go back like a day later and go find that impulse? Yes, what you can do is you want to find the trigger. Yeah. What triggered you? What were your cues? I mean, were you pacing? Were you, if you're not dealing with your anger, mm-hmm. if you're trying to repress it, you're going to be sarcastic or agitated. Yeah. Or, and something is going to give you a clue that you're angry. So that's what you have to go back and look for. Are you pacing? Are you ruminating in your brain that you're angry at someone? And boy, wait till I tell them. Yeah. You know? And, you're, and, and, and if you don't see it, people around you could see your cues. Exactly. So sometimes someone they might be able say, to help what's you. what's up? Yeah. Oh, and then that, but see that, then you just let the cat out. Now the cat's <laughs> out of the bag. You're not putting yeah. that back. Exactly. Or someone was uh, telling me this week that they were on a trip. There were three couples, and the woman, because she had a contentious relationship with her mother, had difficulty when the three women got together. She was triggered. Oh, that was one of her triggers, huh? Yeah, that was one of her triggers. So the truth is she had had enough therapy with me to just notice it. Hmm. And go back to her room and cry and be a little weepy and then come into therapy and we could talk about it. But one of the triggers was just having a triangle of women. Oh, interesting. I mean, it's so subtle and it probably started at a very young age. And Yes. 
And and then we we again because we don't evaluate our thinking, um, we don't ever see the triggers, we don't ever see the cues, and we just keep reacting. Right. We're not if if we're not being mindful, we're and being in the moment, we're not and not paying attention to what's going on with ourselves internally. We're missing it all. Hmm. I love because this. Because those emotions, whether it's anger, sadness, happiness, joy, fear, sadness, those emotions all have information for us. That's right. And we, we always want to run away from a lot of those when we see it. Yeah. And yet that's, the answers are in the emotion. Yes. That's powerful. But again, it's that's the thing about anger too. It seems like is if someone's being going off on me, I'm my my body's going to prepare to go off and either fight yeah, or flight. You're going to get reactive. Yeah, man. Yeah, this is a good topic, Andrea. This was smart for you to write a book on this one. Yes, yes, <laughs> I think so because I've always been, and people look at me and say, "What do you mean you're pro anger?" <laughs> well, I think anger can heal us. Yeah, that, that's why you're you're saying just be mindful about it. It's not it's not the anger that's the problem. It's the it's the it's lack of understanding. Yeah, well, wow. that you try to get rid of it. That's the problem. That's right. I say use it for all it's worth. Use it. Get it out. Let it out. Uh, we're talking yeah. with Andrea Brandt. Uh, Andrea, let's take a break. We'll come back. I want to get into. Uh, you've already kind of just started it right there about anger's not bad, and I w- I want to learn more about how we can use our anger to teach us and and we can understand what's going on with the people around them by just recognizing the emotion. Good stuff with Dr. Andrea Brandt. Again, go to her website, abrandtherapy.com, abrandtherapy.com. You can find out more information about her book, Mindful Anger, A Pathway to Emotional Freedom. We're taking a break. We'll be right back right here on The Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. That's Miranda Lambert, Gunpowder and Lead. I don't know. It seems like country music gone bad. But it's about anger, and it's about when you, you know, you're not being heard, you're being abused. It's going to get ugly. So we're trying to talk to the pro today who's going to teach us what we can learn from our emotions, from our anger. Now, again, let's just be really clear. If you're being abused, you got to get help. Don't worry about what we're teaching you this second. Get out. Get help. No room for abuse. For the rest of us that aren't being abused but maybe are just angry, we're going to get real. Dr. Brandt is joining us. Andrea Brandt. She's a a Ph.D. and a marriage and family therapist with over 30 years of clinical experience. She's been on every show you can imagine, including Larry King Live and uh, even The Love Connection. 
She does a lot of work also in Parenting Magazine. She's written um, a, a bunch of books, actually two books. One of her books I, I was looking over earlier, I think it, it looks very interesting. It's uh, Eight Keys to Eliminating Passive Aggressiveness. And in the book we're talking about right now is Mindful Anger, A Pathway to Emotional Freedom, where she explores methods to understand and manage our, this powerful emotion that we call anger. So again, Dr. Uh, Andrea Brand, welcome, Brandt, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Matt. We, we love what we're learning, and you were teaching us before the break that even though, you know, anger is scary and it's something that's, you know, it's a lot of us are just immediately reacting and afraid of, there is a lot of information inside of that emotion that can help us. Absolutely. And I think the first thing is, you know, we have these very scary images of anger. It's a very powerful emotion, and it's very uncomfortable in our bodies. We don't like to feel it. Yeah, it's like it makes us warm. It makes us break out in a sweat. I mean, it, it really yeah. is reactive. It, yeah, really. And But I need to say that it's not bad, and people are not bad for feeling angry. There you go. Yeah. They're really just human. They're human. And there are so many benefits to anger, you know, positive psychological and social benefits that can range from releasing negative sentiment to motivating people to find solutions. It's a signal that tells us that something is wrong, something is not being done the way you want it to. Mm-hmm. You can... Um, Maybe a threat? The ener- huh? It, it could be that telling you that there's a threat? Yes. Yes, exactly. And you can use the energy of anger as a power boost to operate more assertively in the world, you sure. know, to find your voice and to shift out of the victim stage, because what you said before is so accurate. If there's abuse in your family, get out or get help. Right. And, um, and just I think I sit there and I think of somebody that's that has a lot of anger around them, a spouse, or, you know, they grew up in a family like that. And I think, how healthy would it be to, you know, instead of just running from that anger, if we could get people to go get help from people like you that can coach them into channeling that and learning from it? Right, because it can certainly boost their determination and their self-confidence. It just has a lot of benefits. Yeah. Is there... Is there, um, I mean, there's obviously the downside of it, but it almost seems like, I mean, I, I always just feel stupid after I've been angry. <laughs> you know, like, really? I, I mean, I feel justified and I'm like, okay, yeah, well, that, but once it kind of fades and I have to go back to where I blew up, I feel stupid. Is huh. that is that normal? Um, like, I, I mean, I feel like that was embarrassing. I just lost my cool. Well, if you lost your cool, I understand it. Yeah. Um, I mean, just, but you're yeah. not stupid. No, no. You just don't have the tools to be able to sit with it. Listen, I know that when I ask people to sit with their anger and just kind of observe it and percolate with it, I'm asking them to do something antithetical mm-hmm. to what we are supposed to do in life. We're brought up in a pleasure principle society. And I'm saying, sit there 
and observe your anger. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, most people look at me like maybe I've lost my marbles. But the truth is, I haven't. There's, as I said before, there's so much information in your feelings that can help you not feel bad, not feel stupid, mm-hmm. or I, reactive. I, I see and it. I see that couples can't do it either. Truth. No, go ahead. Are go you? ahead. No, I was going to say, anger is a mechanism for knowing and communicating our truth. Yeah, yeah. You may, you know, the interesting thing, Matt, is you may have lost your cool and you may feel stupid, but you may have also said something really that needed to be said. That's true. It does. That's where it gives you almost too much, too much energy to say something that we've always been kind of oppressing, but it's how we get it out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like when you ate some bad salmon. (laughs) (laughs) It's coming out. It's (laughs) when it comes out, you can try to hold it in, but it's telling you something. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty graphic, but yeah, fairly real. Yuck. (laughs) I see it a lot, though, Andrea, with couples where um, the couples – and there's something so powerful when that very point you were saying about needing to sit with your anger, every human, I think, can have the ability to just feel and not react to it and just sit in it and, and, and learn. And when there's this incredible bridge I see in a relationship where someone that has anger can learn to do that and they can – they with their spouse can or partner or whatever can sit and just calmly – Go through it. Yes. Then all of a sudden, right. you know the healing's beginning. Exactly, because especially with couples, a lot of their anger comes from unmet needs. Yeah. You know, there are, uh, I, I wrote in my book that there are like five or six needs that really are uh, imperative and will make couples angry at each other if they're not met. And one is accessibility. You know, each one wants the other to be accessible to them and uh, to their feelings. Attention. You want attention from your partner. Affection, appreciation, and acceptance. They're all a bunch of A's. Yeah. (laughs) But... Usually, your unmet needs fall under one of those categories. And when those needs aren't met, that creates the trigger? That'll be a trigger. That'll be a trigger. If you're being mindful of what's going on in your body and you feel, hmm, I don't feel so good, he's busy this night or she's busy this night and getting up and going to work early in the morning and tonight she's got another meeting. Mm-hmm. When is there time for us? Yeah. Or, you know, to go out for dinner, to even have sex. Yeah. You no, know, right. I mean, I mean a we, lot yeah. of couples complain about those things. Well, and they're ang- I mean, they have kids and, oh, sure, mm-hmm. I love my kids, but she loves the kids more than me. And yeah, and here we go. And, and that, that's, yeah. that's your point, though, isn't it, is then we start telling the story like this is about kids and this is about time when in reality what happens. But we then get in an argument and we never explore what the emotion's all about. We never explore that somebody's missing your attention or your affection. Right. And if you have kids, I guarantee you 
one of the parents feels angry because they have the majority of the um, chores. Yeah, yeah, and the parenting and, and job. The responsibility yeah. for the parenting. Yeah, it's true. Isn't it? it, it I mean, it's so, it seems so basic, and yet uh, in the midst of all of this, we get so caught up in the emotion. One of the things you call that is when, we, when we're too caught up in the emotion, we end up creating a false self. Ah, uh, yes. It's really kind of a clever defense mechanism. Yeah. It was uh, designed by uh, a, a very well-known deceased psychoanalyst years ago called uh, Dr. Winnicott, huh, yep. Donald Winnicott. And um, as children, we all know, I mean, the biggest thing is we want to love our parents and be loved by them. So we're so tuned in, we know what feelings they will accept and approve of yeah. and give us rewards for and what feelings they won't. Interesting. So most parents are afraid of their own anger, let alone their children. So we find out in early childhood that anger is not one of the acceptable ones, and maybe sadness isn't either. Hmm. And so we design a self that excludes those feelings and beliefs that our parents are not going to accept. Oh, that's interesting. Like, it could even be lazy. It could be lazy. It could be um, if you're, you know... It could be yeah. funny yeah, that you exactly. have to laugh at everything. Uh-huh. Yeah, or you're you not know? disciplined. Yeah, and then we build a fake self and, and right, anger. But is, it becomes yeah. a survival mechanism because this is what you need to do in order to get through. Hmm. Yeah. And until and unless something happens to you... When you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, or older, that makes you question. I remember years ago, one of my mother's dearest friends saying, wow, you used to be so shy as a kid. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I was shy? four. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who's she talking about? <laughs> Me? But that was my false self. Yeah. I was, you know, hear no evil, see no yeah. evil. You were the obedient no little child. I was really good. Yeah. And then you grew up, and now look at you, Andrea. Yeah, now. All Boy, over the place. see me now. <laughs> That's right. We're going to take a break, Andrea. We're, again, we're going to continue this discussion, folks. Think about it. How do you use your anger? Do you use it to kind of, you know, have the strength and the energy to get that message across to somebody? Do you use it in control, out of control? It's pretty powerful. And also, um, what are you learning? Think about you. Don't just be thinking about how your partner needs to change this. How does anger impact your life? We're going to take a break. Come right back with Dr. Andrea Brandt right after this break. River. Come on, Justin Timberlake. Cry me a river. Our emotions teach us something, even if you're Justin Timberlake. That's what he's trying to teach us in that song right there. Sure, he's got a little falsetto thing going. Doesn't mean the message doesn't matter. Today, folks, we're talking about mindful anger, and really, it could even be probably mindful emotion in general. Today, specifically, though, 
anger and what your anger is teaching you. Don't just run away from it. And uh, don't just run away when you see it in other people. There might be something there for you to learn, for you to understand from it. And boy, the power that comes when you can sit in your anger and not just let it control us, but instead start learning the triggers that we have and how it manifests in us, the cues that we see. So we've brought on the pros, right? Uh, Andrea Brandt is joining us. And Andrea, Dr. Andrea Brandt, Ph.D., marriage and family therapist, over 30 years of clinical experience as a speaker, a psychotherapist, an author. She's been working on this for uh, quite a while. And she's teaching us the power of sitting in and getting to understand your emotion. She's got a wonderful book called Mindful Anger, A Pathway to Emotional Freedom. Dr. Brandt, welcome back for this final segment. I'm pleased to be here, Matt. It's been fun talking to you. You too. This is, this is uh, to me, th- one of these great universal issues. And if I think a lot of us just kind of, you know, we just keep running from it. We keep ignoring it. We sometimes say men will be men, boys will be boy, anger will be anger, she's a whiner. We have all these little phrases we use about people. And instead, we need to be learning and maybe less labeling at first and maybe more understanding. You know, one of the things I think that we need to just comment on for a moment is when we were talking earlier about how people repress their anger. Yeah. I think there are some, usually we talk about workaholism and alcoholism and drugs and sex and rock and roll and all that, (laughs) but there are some other ways that have become really prevalent these days. Yeah. And that's the electronic movement. Yeah. People can just while away 36 hours at a time and be on the email, Facebook, the Internet, and not have a feeling. Mm-hmm. Just numb themselves up. Numb themselves out. Mm. Or the opposite of that is people who are constantly moving. Yeah. They're, you know, today... In our society, they call that multitasking. Right. Well, multitasking and mindfulness don't go together. (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting because there's a theme on this show that it comes up now with pretty much every guest we have. There's Mm -hmm. a point where you've got to get in your head. And a lot of us have spent our entire lives avoiding that. Right, right. That's. I think that's where the phrase pull your head out came from. Yeah, it's kind of like you got to get into your body. Yeah, get into your, this is, you're here for a purpose. You're here on this earth. You're getting this experience, this opportunity. But if we spend the entire time avoiding it, right? what do you become? We miss life. People go through life in a trance. Yeah. And, and again, I mean, we, that's exactly what we used to call it, right? Drugs, rock and roll. Yeah, and sex and all of that. But now there's there's kind of a kinder, gentler version of that. It's like Facebook. Now, that sounds negative. Yeah. But it's it's just you now can just sit, you know, gently with your children around oh, you and avoid. Avoid. Mm-hmm. It, but that's repressing, really. That's just that's just you medicating your emotions. And you're really you're trying to like teach alcoholics. us, though. Yeah. You know, we used to be so concerned about alcoholics. Now it's electronics, it's porn. Mm-hmm. You know, people can do the same thing That's with right. pornography. Oh, no, absolutely. And really, it's, it's just emotional. It's, you're saying instead of trying to manage your emotion by deadening it, 
and avoiding yeah. it and stuffing it. You're saying let it out, and anger is one way that we let it out. What, what else should we do? So if I do get angry, what do I do to, to use your phrase, to sit in it so I don't blow it up and start spewing it out on everybody? Okay. You need to slow your life down. Sit, in, sit with the anger, you know, and say to yourself, okay, take some deep breaths. Yeah. Because, you know, taking those deep breaths will bring down yep. that tension and that need to just let loose. Yeah. So you take some deep breaths, and then you say to yourself, what am I angry about? Who am I angry at? All the while, you're breathing, but uh, your anger is percolating. Sure. That. Yeah, it's you're, like you're, coffee yeah. percolates. Yeah. You allow it there. You're, you allow it to, to bubble. Yeah. You allow it to bubble and percolate and have it give you some information. Yeah. So what am I angry at? Who am I angry? Uh, how angry am I? What do I need to do with the anger? What do I need to say? Or do I need to say anything right. to this person? That's good. You know, get some information. And then write out the anger. In other words, our voices and our hands have, uh, can help us move our feelings out through writing. Yeah. Our voices, our feet, and our hands move our anger out through our writing. And it's non judgmental journaling of thoughts and feelings. There you go. Um, you don't need to be judged. Judging yourself, as I said, because you're angry doesn't mean you're a bad person. Well, and, and the two, I guess, if someone, if we're doing this with another person, we probably ought to be careful not to be judging their anger either. Exactly. I mean, the minute you say, oh, look at you, you're out of control. Well, that's another step that I have in my five steps yeah. to mindful anger is to tell your story to another person who you know isn't going to be judgmental go. and might, in fact, have some shame themselves yeah. that they could share and um, help you with. Yeah, because um, yeah, that, that allows you to process it without having yes. to re-up yes. the energy with every judgment. Yes, that's what you want to do. You want to process it and um, focus on the present. So... Then you need to find a new truth. In other words, part of what you're angry at is probably a faulty belief system. Mm -hmm. I'm not worthy. I'm not deserving. Because somewhere in your childhood you had an experience of trauma or some kind of attachment wound that hurt your feelings. Right. And so you, you, me, everybody has told themselves a story about it. And we need that story to keep regurgitating this, this anger. Right. But we need to get rid of the story. There you go. We need to find what it is that's really the truth. Like that lady, that friend of the family who said you were shy. Yeah. I wasn't shy. No. I was scared. Yeah. And that makes and sense. If, yeah. If anybody had sat me down and talked to me at the time, I would have been able to tell them that because kids just tell you the truth. That's right. That's right. You know, 
So you need to find your new truth, and that kind of also is very liberating. You bet. And then you need to do a release ceremony, whatever that release is, which is, you know, going to my place. I love the water, so I'll go down to the water, and I'll throw, I'll embody the feeling, the sadness, the anger, whatever, and then I'll have a lot of stones or there you go. big rocks and sticks, and I'll put noises to them, and I'll throw them into the ocean. Yeah, so you, you, uh, that way you're letting it go, but you're using right. your emotion and your, your body to, to, right. to have effect there. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's a wonderful, if, for those people who are listening, there's a wonderful movie that depicts this very thing I'm talking about in terms of finding your new truth which is that movie Goodwill Hunting. Oh, there you go. Yeah. It is brilliant. Um the scene between Robin Williams and Matt Damon yeah. when Robin Williams makes him face his old truth. Yeah, the old truth, the demons. Hey, yeah. uh Andrew, we've got to take a break and um and wrap up. This is a hard break for us, but give us we got about 10-15 seconds. What would you say is the one thing we need to all remember when it comes to our anger, emotion? We had a one thing that stands out. One thing that stands out is um, when you're angry, don't let it get the best of you. Take control of it. Be mindful. Know that you're not a bad person for being angry and that the anger isn't bad. That's great. What you do with it is bad. It's there to teach us. Andrea, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Love the insight. Everybody, go look at her website, abrandtherapy.com. Great stuff. We're going to take a break, come back, and continue learning about our emotions, controlling our anger. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Enjoying a little Taylor Swift. Picture to burn. Just another picture to burn. That's one way to get rid of your emotion. Just burn pictures. Burning things. Excellent way to manage your emotion and your anger. Actually not. We're going to now talk to uh, an expert in burning things. Dr. Paul Jenkins is in the house. (laughs) Ph.D. in clinical psychology. Which probably stands for pyro something. Pyro hyperactive dysfunctional. Yes. That sounds wrong. You, um, but go to drpauljenkins.com. That's his website. The big news is, folks, he's got the book out. It's been out for, what, three months? Yeah, about that, yeah. He's the real deal. Pathological positivity. Lots of P's in that one. There we're not even going to go. Lot, he's got a little. We're not going there today. We're not going man. there. He goes there, and we, we're not going to do that. But you're, I, I want you to talk to us about uh, emotion and because mm-hmm. emotion isn't like, – even anger, anger's like we were just learning, is teaching us something about oh, sure. we're missing something. We want something. It's but, a signal. But I like you – how you go with this because you take emotion the other direction. Most emotion, it seems like, is about getting what you want in life. And mm-hmm. when, you're, when you're getting it, it changes some emotion. And when you're not getting it – you kind of get angry. You get backed mm. up. 
Teach us, Dr. PJ. You know, Matt, emotion is such a primary part of our functioning. Yeah. It, it affects our thinking. It obviously affects how we feel. Well, emotions and feelings are almost synonymous yeah. terms. But men don't like – let's be real. Mm. I always hear men that get mad that their wife has all of this emotion and feeling. <laughs> I love the way you said that. They get mad. That's what they say. Which like, is also and I sit there and I point out, yeah, are you, why are you getting <laughs> mad about her? Like the tears. Don't cry. Oh, why she cries about everything. And then and they I'm get like, all that emotional about their wife getting emotional. And exactly. Isn't that funny? Yeah. But we – so let's be real. Emotion is universal, you were saying, to every human. Oh, yeah. And it drives us. You talk about motivation. Yeah. Wow. It, I was I was giving a seminar with a group of of hospital executives and I made a comment that was something like every decision we make is an emotional decision. And this guy in the front row took exception to that. Yeah. You know, he he almost came out of his chair. Uh, was Dr. he in Paul, accounting? You know? He was in the accounting department. With all due respect, I make my decisions based on the data. Oh, the data and how can you tell when you've got the right decision? He says, "Well, I study the data and I, I analyze the data, and then uh, when I feel satisfied that and that's what Bing feel yeah satisfied. See, there's some kind of a feeling there mm-hmm. that is triggered, and the data for this for this gentleman created an emotion for him yeah. that he called satisfaction. Yeah." And he realized as he said that, and he, he kind of said, oh, heard it when I said it. There you kind go. Of thing, you know? Because what if he didn't trust the data? How would you know you don't trust the data? And there again. You'd probably have another feeling. Like, it's okay, something's feeling. weird about this data. Yeah, something doesn't match, and that generates feelings. So it, it, it's such a fundamental core part of our motivation and why we do anything. Yeah. We're always seeking some kind of a feeling. And notice that the kinds of feelings that we seek, the ones that we want, are the pleasant ones. Yeah, always, isn't it? Yeah. And but what are the labels? Happiness. Happy. Peace. I, w- I just want joy and peace on earth. Yeah. Mm. So these feelings become our primary motivation. See, by the way, just the word motivation, mm. that's, again— that's all feeling. You want to motivate somebody? It's just moving an emotion. Right. An emotion. Move the emotion. Move the being. Move the person. Well, the, there's a, a similar root to the word. Yeah. Can you hear motion, motion. in emotion? Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's not even very hidden. It's not even, yeah. It's not even subtle. So, yeah, it moves us. It, it takes us to a different place. It's well, what gives us a reason to act. So... um but anger motivates us. So some people Absolutely. could be motivated by negative emotion. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Like some people just want to have the grudge. They want to hold the grudge. Sure. They're just ticked. That like, guy's a jerk. That yeah. guy bugs me. And Matt, you're a parent. You've probably seen this too. I remember sometimes when my kids were angry, <laughs> especially in those preteen years, yeah. you know, and I would tell a joke or I would tease them a little bit and try to get them to laugh. Yeah. And they would fight it back. They're not going to laugh. They're they not going to give you that. You know, they're just swallowing their smile. <laughs> not going to go That's there. Right. They feel entitled to this angry feeling. Yeah. And don't you try to take it away yeah. from me. I want to be happily angry. <laughs> I want to, like, go bathe in my my anger. But we do that, don't we? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess, why? Anger's 
I guess it's predictable. Well, it it somehow validates our position mm-hmm. too. Uh, I've always thought of anger as a very good indicator. And you're right. It does teach us something. Yeah. And, and uh, most of that conversation that you were having in the last hour was about this this property that anger has to teach us something, yeah. to instruct us. And, and yet we often misinterpret it. Right. Because anger gets us looking outside of ourselves for a reason, for a cause. Something to blame for why I'm angry. It's true. And that's the error because we think anger means that somebody else needs to change. Yeah. And as soon as they change, I guess I'll feel better. Right. See, I don't you see, I see it a lot. Seeking the feeling. That's right. Exactly. It always goes back to feeling. I see it a lot in like divorce. Mm. You can divorce and it can be right and you should be happy. And there could be mm. peace. And it'll still be hard. Life's hard. Stuff's hard. Mm-hmm. But I found a lot of times people have to get angry and they have to kind of stay angry mm-hmm. to, in order to make the decision that's hard. And in order, and then they keep the anger in order to, I guess— Because it validates their position. That's right. And, and so then all of a sudden, so I always ask them, you know, if this is so right and we're on the right track and we're on the right path, mm-hmm. what's all this anger telling you? Mm-hmm. And they don't ever really want to answer that because that's the real deal, right? That's what they're going to have to deal with to really move on. To take personal responsibility is very difficult. Yeah. And the anger allows what I call a victim paradigm. It's a shifting of personal responsibility to some source outside of me. Yeah. I can blame that. X, or I can blame my circumstances, mm-hmm. or I can blame the economy. Parents, parents. don't forget parents. My parents, <laughs> the devil. Yeah. Well, the government, the cops, the community, mm. the church. Oh, yeah. There, there's no end to what we can blame. Oh, there's plenty of, of available weather, parties. The weather. Sure. Yeah. And as long as that finger is pointed outward, that there's the source of my blame. See, the anger... It directs your attention to yeah. those external sources, and then we miss the personal responsibility part. And it's very real energy, too. Let's not forget that. I mean, the energy oh, feels yeah. real. And so when you try to tell somebody, it's not it's not your ex that ruined your life. You get fired. You're like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's all of a sudden, it's, no, it is my ex because I feel it, and I don't feel this with anyone else. Right. That's what, don't you hear that all the time? And the, those feelings are so compelling, and we know we're right. Yeah. I've said this before as we've talked. It, it's not that you think you're right. You know you're right. You know you're right. And even if you're wrong? And you've got all of this emotional evidence to That's prove right. it, which is kind of funny because it, it, it would be almost like standing on the back of a, a boat that's cruising out through the water, and you see the wake? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And saying, oh, look at that wake pushing the boat. Such a wake pusher. And it's not the wake pushing the boat. No, the wake's not. there because the boat came through. That's right. Anger is very similar to that. What we've been doing has created this emotional experience for us. Yeah, and you need to you need to get the story straight or you're mm. going to never understand how to make your boat go. <laughs> right. Right? Yeah. I guess what would happen, though, is if you stopped you know, pushing the pedal or pushing the throttle on the gas, the wake would go away. You know, it's kind of like... Um, Another analogy that I've shared with my clients where you're out driving, you get lost in your thoughts, and you go right past your exit. 
Oh, yeah. I don't know if you've I'll ever done this. Go out twice today. Twice today? There you <laughs> it's go. It's a bad day. I've done this three times now where I realized it was in the wrong place when I saw the sign that said, welcome to, and it's the next <laughs> Las state. Las Vegas. <laughs> it's the next state. Have it's you not done even... that? You've gone that far? Well, it's not hard in St. George, Utah. That's true. Yeah, welcome you... to Arizona. Yeah. The last time I did it, I was trying to get from Lake Havasu, Arizona, back to the airport in Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, man. I saw a sign that said, Welcome to San Bernardino County. That's California. Well, you know, I think you've got bigger problems than emotion and anger. Right? You've got some directional <laughs> I've got some problems. geographical <laughs> challenges. But it's, it's true. So you're lost in this place where you didn't want to be. And then you look down, and whose hands are on your steering wheel? Yeah. Now, that stings a little. Oh, yeah. To realize, oh, I'm here because I drove here. But the bad news is also the good news. If your hands are on the wheel, what can you do now? Take over. See, that's our Change only hope. And it's that's good. how we get back to, to creating or seeking those positive feelings and emotions that we're well, talking about. Okay, let's come back. I want you to teach us, then what do we do? So now it's in, we're in the wheelhouse. We're going to take over on our emotion. We're going to continue this discussion with Dr. Paul Jenkins. Again, this is an abbreviated show uh, today. Apparently, BYU football scheduled a game hmm. with UCF, and they didn't, they didn't bother to talk to us. We're trying to put a show together that changes your life, and then they just inject the BYU game. Oh, well. <laughs> we love the sport. We'll, we'll watch BYU football. We're going to come back for our final segment of the program today. More with Dr. Paul Jenkins. Again, go to his website, drpauljenkins.com. Check out his new book, Pathological Positivity. This is The Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. It's a mad world. Mad world! This is Tears for Fears. Do you remember that? PJ, you remember Tears those days? Tears for Fears? Don't you remember? I am sufficiently old. Those were good times. To remember that. Dr. Paul Jenkins is joining us. We call him PJ. You call me all kinds of things, Matt. I call a lot of people a lot of things, <laughs> and they get really mad. Which is, they need to let it go. I heard you scheming earlier that you might try to make me mad today. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, is it, yeah. It's working. <laughs> well, we've got this thing we're about to do <laughs> that I really took you off. No, last time you were here, I think we made you mad enough because you tore your pants. I did tear my pants. Which, we're sorry. Thank you. But they are your pants. <laughs> My attorney will be contacting you. You just were, you were getting into the seat and your pocket got <laughs> caught and bada boom, bada bing. The next thing you know, you're without trousers. You know what? Sometimes you get to choose between between mad and amused. Yeah. Well, we were all amused. Yeah. But we thought you'd choose mad, but you didn't. See, that's the thing. We can't make you mad. That's true. You make yourself mad. Hmm? 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 <laughs> you know what? I have a game I play with some of my clients. Where it's the elephant game. I don't know if you've ever played it before. No. I'm but not, you I don't play pull out elephants. a bill, you know, a $20 yeah. bill or something. Here's the prize. Now, you get the $20 if you can make me say the word elephant once the game starts. 
Really? Now, when I say game over, you know, you, you don't get a chance. You to collect the money. Yeah. The 20 bucks. Now, can you make me say elephant? No. And they try all kinds of things like, well, what's that animal in Africa? That, and, you know, not, the zebra? And I just respond with, look, I know exactly what you're doing, and I'm not going to say that word. What if I jumped you, though, and tased you until you said elephant? Would you say it? <laughs> For 20 bucks. We would have another problem on our hands. See, yeah. that's it, though. So the only way I could do it is that's not even – but that's compelling. But not I'd even have to that. physically hold you. And if I tased you long enough through your drool and spittle, <laughs> you would say, elephant. <laughs> Don't you think? I'd just hand you the 20 bucks and we'd all go home, right? It's not worth 20 bucks to be tased. <laughs> just take it. But, you know, even, even in an extreme circumstance like that, and we hear about um, – Military training, for example, where they they train them yeah. to to withstand torture, and that's I, I watched this documentary on the Navy SEALs mm. and and how how they have to achieve that level of self control. Well, we're not asking all of you listeners to to go through Navy SEAL training, no. but can you achieve a level of self control, self governance yeah. that has you in charge of you? Of your behaviors. And it starts with a recognition of that personal responsibility that we were talking hands, about. Your hands are on Your, your hands wheel. are on the wheel. Now, even if it's comforting to be able to blame someone else, we don't want to give that up because the minute I can blame you, then I'm not, I'm not in charge of my reaction. Is that what you're saying? It's, it's like a free pass. Yeah. You've seen the movie Meet the Robinsons. Yeah. That nice animated Disney Pixar thing, whatever it was. There's a scene in there where the villain is confronting the hero. And he's saying, let me see. Take personal responsibility for my own life or blame you. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Blame you. Wins. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. And it's just a great representation of exactly what you're talking about yeah. here. It's so much easier. Let's just find someone to blame and then we don't have to be responsible. What else do we do then? So... How else do we go about owning our own feelings, our own emotions? What – so we, we – okay, I know it's mine. Should I be asking myself things? What do I do to to move this into progress towards that good feeling mm-hmm. instead of just keep trying to avoid the bad feeling? You know what I think the first step is? Awareness. Yeah. Just being aware of it. And there's this process that we call metacognition. Thinking about thinking. thinking. So, and that, that's a uniquely human trick. As far as we know. Yeah, we, we can't really. Un- the, the other species yeah. we've interviewed. The monkeys don't interview. Don't reveal much. <laughs> yeah. But as, as far as we know, this is a uniquely human characteristic. We can think about our own thinking. Mm-hmm. And that gives a little bit of space. Yeah. That very thought, that's, yeah. that's the, where awareness lies, is in that space. Well, Viktor Frankl said something about that. The famous Austrian psychiatrist who was a Holocaust survivor, yeah. he said, between stimulus and response is a space. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about. That space creates some freedom for us to choose. Yeah. Which direction will I take this? Do I have to respond with anger? No. Well, no, or, you or what? Or what else could I respond with? Or where in my past have I responded more effectively? Mm-hmm. Or what would it look like if I responded to my highest value system here? I mean, all right. of these would give us answers, past, present, or future, about how we could handle this with a variety of other responses. Thinking 
creates many more possibilities than reacting does. Yeah. Don't you think reacting just kind of ties you down? Then you're it kind yeah. of obligates you to just keep with the script. To, right. And you're talking about angry divorced people, yeah. for example. Then we got to stay mad at each gotta other. Got to keep the script. It's not okay to be pleasant towards someone that I divorced. Even if it's not healthy for you. We'll right. still stick with the script. Even if it's not healthy for your kids, mm-hmm. we'll still stick with the script. You always got to hate the ex. Yeah. Yeah. And her mother and her father. Well, and her it reduces and her the cognitive dissonance. Yeah. The dissonance in your in your own mind that says, I cannot be divorced from an awesome person. Yeah. Or it was me. So you create yeah. this ex that you can hate and be angry at forever. It's so true. And then you just kind of wallow in that misery. Yeah. There's no... No time limits on it. We got about a minute. So what then is the one thing we should strive for when it comes to when we're having these negative emotions? What do we do? What would you say is is the goal, the plan? First of all, I would say you're never wrong about how you feel. It's yours. So it's it's okay. Feel whatever you're going to feel, but create that space where you get to think about your own mm-hmm. thinking. Yep. And if your mind is going into a blame mode, okay, and anger is all about blame. Yeah. Would you agree? Totally. If your mind's going into that blaming mode, it will create some form of captivity for you, some stuckness. Yeah. Yeah. And it can last forever. So if you don't want it to go that direction, think. Think. Get that frontal cortex involved so that you can think about what some options are and then choose those. Sounds simple, and it is. Simple and easy aren't the same thing. No, no, no. You've taught us that. That's fantastic. And But part of it is just increase your awareness and do it a little bit more today, and tomorrow we'll do it again, and a little bit more tomorrow. The awareness and your ability to think about your own thinking are key. That's awesome. And it will help you to get on a new track. His name is Dr. Paul Jenkins. He's wonderbar. Wunderbar. You're incredible. Good job. That was German, I think. I'm not sure. Well, I'm just multilingual. Yeah. I pull them out of all over. Hey, here's the deal. Go check out his website, drpauljenkins.com. Tons of great books and products and services there. We're done, my friends. Here's a quote, though, on the way out. Forget what hurt you, but never forget what it taught you. I love it. That's by an Austrian named Unknown. Mm. Anyway, we're out of here, my friends. BYU game is up next tomorrow. A best of the Matt Townsend stuff. We've got all, all the best stuff. It's tomorrow right here on BYU Radio. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.